This recording is from the Department of Education and Outdoor Learning at the Royal Geographical Society with IBG. I'm Laura and in each podcast I'll be meeting a geographer to discuss their research and where geography has taken them. If you're a school member of the Society, you can access learning resources to support this podcast by visiting www.rgs.org forward slash schools. Gentrification, regeneration, redevelopment. These are just some of the processes that enact change in cities and urban areas. But how do these strategies transform people's sense of place and identity in the process? These issues were explored by geographers as part of a research project called Creating Hackney as Home. Using participatory filmmaking in the East London borough of Hackney, five young people reimagined their place and how they felt about changes in their neighbourhood. Throughout the research, home was used as a lens to explore issues of identity, belonging and the experience of placemaking. Today, we're joined by the project's principal investigator, Dr Melissa Butcher from the Department of Geography, Birkbeck, University of London, and Shakilia, one of the five peer researchers whose skills and experience created a complex picture of Hackney as home. Can you tell me a little bit about Hackney um, as a place in London? What does it look like? What's its population? Why are geographers interested in Hackney? Actually, there's there's quite a bit of interest in in Hackney for um, several reasons. Hackney is a borough in East London. Uh, It's an Olympic host borough. Uh, It's also very close to the city of London. So it's it's seen quite a lot of change in, in the last few years. And I think that's attracted quite a few researchers to the area to try and understand these changes, both social and cultural changes, but particularly situated within a rapidly changing urban space, urban neighbourhood. And we're seeing similar patterns around the world, actually. And and, and Hackney, in many ways, is iconic of these changes that we're seeing in in cities globally, particularly around uh, issues of gentrification and displacement of residents. Um, Hackney itself, it's it's very diverse. It, there's about 270,000 people that live in the borough. We know from the census in 2011, there's about 88 languages that are spoken in the borough. It's uh, very diverse ethnically. It's also diverse in terms of religion and also in terms of socioeconomic background. So there's quite high levels of inequality still in in Hackney. So people who are quite wealthy and also people who are quite marginalised and excluded economically. We also know it's a very young borough. So about a quarter of the population is under 20 years of age. And that's why it became particularly interesting for me and for my research, which focuses in particular on how young people experience processes of change and particularly urban change. So how long have you lived in Hackney for? Um, I've lived in Hackney basically all of my life. Uh, Living in Hackney hasn't always been the greatest, but uh, with regards to where we are now compared to where it was previously, it's been a process and there's been a change, and um, I believe that just relates back to the gentrification that's been happening. So that word gentrification, it's bounded round quite a bit now, so... So what do geographers mean when they talk about gentrification and, and how has that played out in Hackney? Often these terms redevelopment, regeneration, gentrification, they, they get used often in the same sentence or the same policy paper, but they actually have um, very different meanings. So uh, gentrification, the, the specific use 
uh, of or the specific use of gentrification is how it relates to displacement. And it's usually the idea that people who are wealthy are moving into an area and displacing poorer communities. Uh, and as I say, this is something that we're seeing globally in cities around the world. Um, and particularly people from wealthier incomes, middle-class incomes, moving into inner-city areas like Hackney. Um, London has a lot of issues, we know, with the housing crisis here. Um, so Hackney being an area that was poorer in the past, the housing prices and rents tended to be cheaper there. Um, but what we're seeing is very rapid increases in the cost of housing in both rental and, and purchase um, values of, of housing in the area. Um, and as the demographics shift in the borough, we're seeing new um, communities being formed, new people moving into the borough who tend to be from middle class or upper income backgrounds or have other forms of capital, actually. So we're seeing, particularly in this area in East London, um, a real emphasis on this new economy, the digital economy, the creative industries. And so we're seeing more and more uh, younger people, young professionals working in these creative industries moving into the area. And this is all impacting on local residents. Uh, we're seeing a lot of um, demolition of uh, former council properties and estates. Um, partly this is because of wider policies from the, the national government impacting on the, you know, the, the policies around austerity, impacting on um, local council budgets. So um, particularly in Hackney, the local council is, is using uh, some of its properties, its estates, in order to help um, fund some of its other responsibilities like social care. Um, and so we are seeing um, developers um, um, demolishing estates, regenerating estates. This is where we, we think about the term regeneration. It's just this idea of, of um, putting in place new buildings, particularly housing, and associated with that um, particular styles of public, uh, public spaces. Um, and these new apartments that we're seeing, these new buildings that we're seeing are very expensive in compared to, you know, as the trend we're seeing across London, compared to what property prices have been in the past. And so this is causing forms of displacement. On the on the other side, this is one of the findings from the research that Shaquille was involved in. It's, it's also a, a sense of displacement because even if you can stay in the borough, particularly for young people, you no longer feel that you belong there because you can't use the same space in the same way. Um, because the rules about using space are changing. What's permissible and not permissible in space is changing. Um, and you have almost like a culture clash between sort of new middle classes that want to use space in particular ways and young people that have always lived in Hackney wanting to use those spaces in the way that they have done in the past. And so there's some tensions over how space is used when you have these rapid processes of gentrification in the area. You, in the research project, you focused on your sense of belonging and Hackney is your home. How do you think then some of the issues Melissa's just raised, how, are they, how have they impacted your kind of everyday life and how did you kind of research in the project and deal with them? I understand a lot of uh, young people, there's, as Melissa said, a feeling of tension about the changes that are coming about and the fact that they no longer feel that they belong in there, even though they live there. And, um, they might not feel like they belong there. And I feel that... Um, I understand that as a point of view, come being a young person, growing up and seeing your local park change or an, an estate that was more of a community demolished. The community's been demolished when they're demolishing those buildings and rebuilding where half of the estate is no longer a community, part of the community is um, upper middle class people. And it's 
a lot of people that lived on those estates were moved out. There are some good things that you're seeing, so the, the sense of security maybe yeah. is better. Um, and the sense of there's better facilities, but then there was always this question about who are these changes for? Yeah, and that's one thing that came up in our um, research, not only in my research, but the other peers that did the project as well, is who are these changes for? How have they come about? Like, um, Why have they come about as well? And it, for me, the answer was these changes aren't for people that live in Hackney. They're not for the community that was there before whoever made the decision to regenerate and upscale Hackney from what it was. Maybe if you just want to talk a little bit about how the project came about and then how it became involved and how you kind of worked together. I, I live in Hackney myself, so um, I was seeing these changes happen all around me. Um, the project came about because I was working with, on another project actually, one of our community collaborators... And I think that's really important when you're doing this kind of research is to actually, for the universities, to work with community groups. So we were working with Immediate Theatre in Hackney, which is an estate-based youth theatre company. And that's how I met Shaquila mm -hmm. and the other peer researchers on the project. It's interesting because we do know a lot now, I think, in, in geography about uh, these processes of gentrification and displacement and from cities around the world, as I mentioned. But most of that work's been done from an adult perspective. So no one was asking young people what they felt about these processes and yet young people are one of the, the groups that use public space the most young people and older people actually there's a sense of exclusion actually so young people were being excluded from research geography in a way from geographical research but also definitely being excluded from the kind of processes that as Shaquille was saying that were deciding how these changes were going to come about so you know no one was inviting you know young people to to kind of consultations with developers about how their neighbourhoods would look in the future. So it became a, a really interesting point that we wanted to explore more. So knowing, having met Shaquilla and some of the other young people in the area, that was the first step. And then uh, we were fortunate enough to, we put in an application to the ESRC Research Council. We, we were able to get some funding from them to run the project. And we particularly wanted to work uh, with film, largely because this... Um, well, there were several reasons. We thought that people might enjoy working with film more than the more traditional ways of doing research. Um, but we also thought uh, there's so many negative media stereotypes about young people, particularly young people in East London, um, particularly young people from migrant backgrounds, um, that we thought this would be a way that we can invert those representations. And so we worked with the young people, but we really handed the cameras over to Shakila and the team using the video to document our research. Um, for me, it was a bit of a shocking thought because I was like, I've never really done anything video-wise before. And um, obviously the research was a new bracket for us and it for me and the other peers. But for me personally, I just found it very daunting because mm. I was like, how am I going to learn how to research and use video and really get that documented in a way that I'd never done before? Surprisingly, I feel that it really helped me more than if I had to do like writing or um, use other ways to document my research because it really gave people the opportunity to see what to see visually see what we're talking about as in my what Hackney meant to me was um, about space Hackney mm. space and me that's the name of my film so that's that people got to see the spaces I used and see Hackney um, it's it was like 
even now I'm still getting people coming to me they've watched my film my work watched my film before I even started there they've done their research and it was like oh so you live in Hackney so this place you know and it just really gives people the a broader perspective I think that's what was most important for me at the project and I didn't realize that at first when I was approached about um, getting involved in the project that my um, research per se would give people a broader perspective as to what young people were feeling how um, they experience things um, and just give them more of an understanding of where we're coming from as a collective rather than hearing what the media or government's telling them as a portrayed story really. On your video that you created what spaces did you take um, the viewers? One of the places was Haggerston Park which is uh, not far from where I live and um, that's just an open space not a big park, but it's a it's an average size park where people go running, people do sports classes in there, and I think that was one of the special places for me because it's it's just a place to think. And as I said in my film, I used um, park spaces to think and really digest my thoughts. And one of the other places I used was Regent's Canal, and um, for me that was important to use because not only is it like a calm peaceful place but the art that you see along the way really expresses I wouldn't say young people's thoughts but if you really study what you see on the walls and some of the people that you you could see walking jogging walking a dog or even living in the boats on um, the Regents Canal it really for me puts it into perspective the way Hackney has become People have always lived on the Regents Canal, but if you look, if you actually walk along the Regents Canal and look to your left as you get through Hoxton, you'll see all these new blocks. And on the canal, you see more boats now because more people are like, oh, it's cool to live in Hackney now because I'm living next to these these partial blocks where there's other perspectives of it, like Wrigley Road Market. It's now becoming more um, upmarket, but at the time when I did my film, there wasn't a lot of development going into it at that point. And um, areas beyond that were used, but the main two places for me that were most important was the Regents Canal and Haggerston Park, because they gave me that space that I wanted and it really portrayed what Hackney meant to me. Shaquille's film, I think, of all the films, really captures this idea of psychogeography. But it's a lovely film. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah, especially that idea of walking, and not just walking to get from A to B, but walking to just take in all the... And I think that's a lot of things people in London don't do anymore. Like, they don't take going to take in, like, even uh, coming here, I didn't take in that all these museums are here and available and they're, like, here for us to see, and I don't there's a, young people especially they don't because and they there's so much pressures in life these days they don't they're not taking time to really experience where they're living or their area they're living or take time to notice and process the changes that are happening around them and that was one of the really useful things about using a visual method like participatory filmmaking because we did a training before and and these the team were fantastic because we basically did a Geography 101 in two and a half days. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was intense. Training, yeah. <laughs> quick training. But it was basically focused on thinking about seeing the familiar with fresh eyes, this idea of making the familiar strange again. Uh, and that's one of the, the great things that you can use with visuals. And then also, as Shaquille was saying, you can you can use a technique called visual elicitation. So the films were almost the first part of the process, really. And yeah. then we've shown the films to many different audiences now, young people, 
policymakers in council, youth workers, other artists, other filmmakers, just general public, friends and family. Um, and then we uh, we continue the discussion. We can extend the debate. We can extend the dis extend the discussion about how do other people think um, these changes are, are they good? Are they bad? You know, just try to to generate more conversation. So, do you have any advice, Akila, for young people who might be researching their own local areas and how to identify different changes and capture experiences, like you've just said, with the video? It's really helpful. First piece of advice would be to really take time and observe your area first speak to local people and just it doesn't even have to be about the changes or whatever just speak to them and see the community spirit or whatever and then definitely take time to just gather your thoughts on what you think of the area and make sure that what you think is true to what you feel about it and also one thing would be is to take your time with it you can't really rush something if you're genuinely interested in what you're researching, you can't really rush it. It has to be documented and done in your own time, in the right time. Because if it's not done in the right time, then you could come up with uh, something that's not great at all. Because um, with the video um, that we was doing, we used to have to do like um, video diaries. And that was all part of the process as well. So yeah, we all kept diaries. As a professional researcher, I would always keep a journal. Um, the team all kept video cams, video journals, yeah. or as Shakira was saying, could write as well. And this all became part of the discussions we would have as, as a team. We would talk about their reflections, how their ideas about their place was changing, were changing, um, how how they felt about the project. To, to think about things like power, you know, to how do you? Yeah. It's something that you can't. How do you see power in the neighbourhood? You know, mm. how do you see power being expressed? The power relationships in a in public space being expressed. You know, think about that. You know, how? Do, but about identity, that was another big issue, yeah, wasn't it? Definitely, identity was something that was touched upon nearly every session or get together we had. The new identities moving into the area. Yeah, and knowing who they are and what they did, and a lot of people assumed about the new identities, whereas they hadn't really spoken to or. Mm. So researched who who was moving in. That was a really interesting part of the project, wasn't it? Because the project, in a way, enabled us to have conversations with our new neighbours in yeah. the borough. Um, it's very difficult, actually. We're talking about people moving into the borough and the sense of displacement or not belonging, so physical displacement as well as this notion of affective displacement, no longer belonging. And yet it's very difficult to find points within the within a place like Hackney where people from different backgrounds, the new arrivals in the borough and the people that have lived there yeah. can get together because you know, we talk about hipsters for example, you know, they'll have their own cafes, their own bars and there's again this sense of exclusion that maybe young yeah. people and one thing I've noticed more in more recent times is before the uh, regeneration there was a community community got crushed when they started changing everything and now I feel there's a new community it's just not for the community that was there before um, like you said they've got their own cafes they've got 
I don't like to think of them it, it as them and us, but that's the way I think I feel sometimes society puts it because I don't think a lot of conversation is happening with the young people. Or conversations between young people, even more important. Yeah. So you have the existing young people in the borough and the new young people moving in, the, exactly the new professionals, the, the creative uni people. students and yeah. stuff that are moving in from London. But the research can maybe play a role in that, you know, if we think uh, for geographers and schools really important role for schools in this as well. Do you hope that, as you've said, showing it to policymakers and local government, do you hope it's going to enact some change or have you seen some changes as a result of sharing the research? Yeah, the, well, the films we made a few years ago, but the research is kind mm. of continues because of the life of the films and because of the work that we did with the young people and the connections that we set up as part of the project um, that's all been really important so certainly in terms of um, uh, the Shakila was one of the young people actually that gave evidence to um, the Hackney Council's Scrutiny Commission on Social Cohesion for example so they've actually given um, feedback from the findings from their findings from the research to local government so we hope they take that on board. There's certainly um, been a lot more attention in Hackney now to trying to create, in the words, the council has had a campaign for the last year, a consultation, I should say, in the last year called A Place for Everyone, question mark, um, really trying to pick up on some of the things that we've been talking about. Um, you know, can you create a place for everyone when there's so much change, particularly when that change is being driven by factors beyond people's control, certainly young people's control, but pretty much anyone's control if you think about the level of transnational money that's funneled into into London and into the housing market in London. We're still talking, we're still having conversations, we're still trying to find ways that we can actually bring um, uh, bring people together to have conversations. I think that's a really important role for, for research and for the universities, um, actually, and for schools, education in general, mm -hmm. to try and bring... The, the kind of different communities that are being thrown together. This kind of, the geographer Doreen Massey calls this thrown togetherness nature of cities like London. We're all just kind of, especially in a place like Hackney, which yeah. is very crowded. It's quite densely populated compared to other parts of London. And as I said, very diverse in terms of socioeconomic background, in terms of ethnic background and religious background. So finding a way that we can work together, live together, um, and sometimes, you know, if we need to also act together to, to manage these processes of change that are beneficial to, to everybody, not just uh, those from um, a particular elite. To access the videos and resources produced by Melissa Shakilia and the wider research team, visit www.hackneyshome.co.uk. If you'd like to join the society as a school member, please visit www.hackneyshome.co.uk rgs.org forward slash school membership for more information. Thanks for listening.